and welcome to another episode of Be Free, Be Fun, Be Fearless. I am Dr. Rene Al-Falaki, your host and founder of Light Changes Coaching, and I am delighted today to be joined by a very like-minded individual. So the minute the two of us started talking, we completely connected and I thought she says the same things I do, but in different ways. And, and honestly, you can never say anything enough in so many different ways for it, the messaging to finally go through. So I, it's a delight to be joined today by Lynn LaSalle. Lynn is a health and wellness coach or health and life coach. She's also known as the identity coach, and she'll start telling you why, <laughs> which leads me on to the other perfect word, which is her company name, It's Why. So we have a lot of questions to ask her about exactly that, and we've got so much value to offer you today. So hi, Lynn. Hi, Rana. How are you? <laughs> I am. It's always fun to be with you. Yeah, exactly. And you look fabulous as well. Why, thank you. Thank you, my dear. So do you. <laughs> so tell, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, my darling. Well, it wasn't an easy road to get where I am today. And because of that, I truly believe that if I can do it, anybody can do it. I believe that we all have the power to have a balanced lifestyle way more than we think we do. And that's important. So a little bit about me. Well, from the time that I was just a small child, I had what I referred to as many hat syndrome. So if you can imagine trying to balance a hundred hats on your head and feeling so weighed down, today I only wear one hat, light and free, that says me. And that's really what I, I strive to help others with. And I believe that the key factor to eliminating the many hats and having the one hat is discovering your secret identity, which is kind of how I became known as the identity coach. And so many of us may not necessarily connect with the thought of my title, many hat syndrome, but I truly believe that all of us understand what it means to feel responsible for so many other people in our lives. And when we do that, we tend to put ourselves last. So my goal, because of all the things that I have heard from all the people that I speak to, is to help them kick that have-to habit and become number one on their to-do list. And when they kick that have-to habit, suddenly all those different hats that they're wearing as different people, depending on who they're working with, they suddenly become this one person, and they're the same no matter who they're, they're with. And that actually really becomes very free, freeing, and they can become very freeless, uh, fearless. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's a lot of Lynn, you know, I know. fun, right? We're, we're going to just bumper <laughs> on the words. Um, you know, I have a question for you, um, because when you think about wearing a hat and, and some people will, I want to just clarify exactly what you mean by that, because there's, there's the sense of wearing a mask. So people might see you as the career person and you behave a certain way in that circumstance. People might see you as uh, the mother or father or parent or child and they see you with that in that sense, or they might see you how you are with your friends. So that's almost wearing not wearing, but wearing different masks and, and people seeing you in different ways. But then at the same time, there are also different, a different hat may also mean having a different responsibility in terms of a different role of what you do. So clarify for me what you mean by hats. And it's probably a combination of the both, I suspect, but. Exactly. Well, it's a great, it's a really a great question. And I appreciate you asking that. And asking it the way you did, because one of the things I talk about 
is that the secret identity is who you are behind the mask that nobody else gets to see. And the reason why I talk about that uh, really goes back to who I was over the years, because everybody saw me as Wonder Woman, if you will. Uh, you're so smart, you're so successful, you have this, you have this, you have this. But inside, I was like, why can't you see me? Why can't you see who I am and how I feel? And I started to really dig deeper on that in my own story to be able to know how to best explain it to other people. And so what I discovered about myself was that secret identity. I didn't know as I was stuck in that feeling, why can't you see me? I didn't really know who I wanted to be. I just was in this, this um, routine of being whoever I had to be if I was on the job, if I was with my family, if I was with my parents, if I was with friends. It didn't matter what venue I was in, I would shift my identity to be who I felt I needed to be with those people based on what I thought they expected. But when I realized that to be most self-responsible, the only one who should expect anything from me is me, that changed. I used to go to every single job and perform 300%. I was a high achiever, you know, always doing really, really well, very successful, and that's what people saw. But here's the funny thing about that. I only went to each job that I've ever had for a paycheck. I didn't go there because it was something I wanted to do or something I wanted to build. So it was very straight line because I went to work, I got a paycheck. I went to work, I got a paycheck. So where did I start really growing? Well, for many years, um, I built two of my own businesses. I worked for other people, helped them with startups. Um, I managed many small businesses. And again, just very routine in what I needed to do. But the important thing that really came forward for me was when I started having jobs in various different specialty medical offices. And I really started engaging with patients. And before I got my certification, I was already kind of coaching, if you will, because I was helping them really find that balance. Because let's face it, when patients come into a, a doctor's office, no matter what the specialty is, they have a concern. And you want to make them feel at ease. And I was doing that all along. And even the people in my life for years would say, you must do this for a living. I'm like, do what? Because I didn't think I was really doing anything special. But I think it was when I was managing two family-owned wellness centers that I was really noticing how many caregivers and parents would come in and it was about the quick fix. It wasn't about that self-responsibility because different than the sound of self-care, which sounds like a have-to habit that they're not allowed to have, you know, I was helping people try to understand the importance of following the care plan. Of, of taking that longer route to maintain those longer habits, as I'm sure you work with your clients on, because it's so important. Um, we both know that if we try something, it doesn't stick if you just do it once or twice and, and you're done, right? So I think that's where I jumped into getting my certification as a health coach. And then just followed through with certification in life coaching because I believe you really can't help someone unless you help the whole person. And for me, all of these things that I've described up to this point uh, really created an enormous amount of stress and the stress created these hidden unknown diagnosed symptoms 
that were happening in my body until it became a red flag. So I try to really help the whole person. And that's why that's important to me. So tell us, I, I, I want, I, you just have this beautiful term about self-responsibility versus self-care. Tell us a bit more about that. Well, I think the most common way to explain that is most of the people that I've talked to feel like self-care is going for a massage or taking a vacation or, you know, they think really, really big. And the really big things are usually the things that we feel we, we can't do immediately. But self-responsibility, let's take a very common example that most people are familiar with. When you travel on a plane, what is the, what do the, the announcements say? When the oxygen mask drops, put it on yourself first before you help anybody else. So why does that not apply in everyday life? Why can't we be self-responsible like that every day? It's a very quick and easy thing to do. I believe that from my own experience and from some people that I've spoken with, that we very often allow ourselves to be responsible for other people's things, life, choices, fixing, that may not be our responsibility. And what would happen if by self-responsible, that meant if it wasn't something that belonged to us, we gave it back. In my mind, that's putting ourselves first. And that's self-responsibility. So self-responsibility can come in many ways. And I believe it can be done with very little things. I'm self-responsible to myself every single day when I wake up in the morning and sit and have my cup of coffee or my cup of tea and I just have downtime. I put on spa music while I'm doing that and I embrace the day. I embrace the beginning of the day. It's something small, but it's something I do every single day. I set a reminder for myself that goes off mid-morning. Because every we have days where we get up and we're thrust into something we may not expect, right? So my reminder tells me, five-minute spa break. So I remember to squeeze that in. So I think it's it's really important that we prioritize ourselves for those little things just the same as we prioritize anything else. Because if we get into those little tiny habits, then we can create long lasting routines. And it's one of the reasons why I created Me Monday. And so when I first came up with that idea, I was telling people and they didn't take me seriously. Yeah, yeah, me Monday. Why Monday? I said, that's why me Monday. And I decided the only way people were going to take me seriously is if I put my money where my mouth is, right? I'm sure most people have heard that expression. Um, well, I trademarked me Monday. So I tell everyone it's an official trademark on the calendar. It's an official day on your calendar, no matter what calendar you follow, it's a holiday every Monday for you to plan something special for yourself, no matter how small, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but that's your day to plan something for yourself. And the beautiful thing about that is that I've had followers to me Monday that have told me that they look at Monday so much differently now. 
So Lynn, I want to I want to back up a bit because I want to get on to me Monday. But something that was coming to me just to expand on what you said about the self responsibility versus self care, mm -hmm. and it is very much about how people look at it. And sometimes I think when you're talking about responsibility, sometimes you appeal a little bit more to somebody's head, more to to logic. Whereas when you talk about self care, you sometimes appeal to their heart. And sometimes mm -hmm. matters of the heart <laughs> can be seen as perceived as a little bit of a luxury, whereas matters of the head are almost necessities. And and so I think sometimes they're just just that clever use of words may help people recognize that, yeah, by being responsible for yourself. And of course, we always talk about being responsible for our own actions, don't we? You know, it's a it's a step it's a step in consciousness. That level of responsibility is almost that threshold between not being conscious and becoming conscious. Is when we become responsible, when we become aware, when we become uh, take ownership of what we do. And so, therefore, all you're asking is almost from a head space as well as a heart space to take responsibility for yourself not just your actions but for you as a person how true is that yeah oh it's very true because when you allow yourself to prioritize yourself you're nurturing your head and your heart simultaneously and when you do that the most authentic truest part of yourself gets shared with everyone else it's it's like that laws of attraction um that many of us have have talked about i think for me until it, i experienced it i didn't realize what that really meant about what you put out comes back to you and it's so um it's so important because if we're not allowing ourselves to be self-responsible we unknowingly are putting out there that we're not allowing that and that's how people will see us okay i truly believe that in any circumstance, uh, not necessarily on a work platform, but people don't buy what you do. They buy who you are because you attract people who believe what you believe. So how can you attract the people you want in your life who truly believe what you believe if you don't truly believe in yourself? So and I believe- And also know who you are. I.e. one hat. And that's, and that's what I was going to say. When you, in order to know who you are and believe in who you are, you need to look inward and discover that secret identity. And so here's an interesting part about that. I always used to say when I started a job, met, met new people, I don't know what I don't, don't know until I don't know it. Because when I discover that I don't know it, I can't unknow it. So the most interesting part about that was that when I reflected back over the course of the years before I kind of got through to the other side, I realized that what I did, the most important thing that I didn't know I didn't know was who I wanted to be and who I was deep down. But when I discovered that, everything got better. And here's a really important fact I'd like to share with you um, about this. In order to be able to do that, one of the key things we need to understand is that we can't eliminate stressors. Stressors are always going to be there because those are the facts that we don't have the power to change. But what we do have the power to change is how we build our resilience to those facts. And that translates in how we react to those things as they happen. 
So when I realized that I spent a, what felt like a lifetime trying to eliminate stress, I was setting myself up for failure. There was no way I could have done that. But when I discovered that I could build my resilience to those things, I felt so much lighter, so much lighter. Yeah, so and that all about not trying to, to control what you can't control. <laughs> you can't, you can't control all the stuff that's going on around it. And yes, you can prioritize, you can get things more systematic, you can reduce your stress. But there's a lot that you cannot control with those stresses or what I call your energetic influences. But what you can do is you can choose how you respond to them, right? Exactly what you Absolutely. Said. So, and so I think getting the reaction as being the pre-programmed bit. And as we become more conscious, it's about the choice and the response, which is what I hear you saying. Yes, absolutely. And that gets back to that transition from the many hats to the one hat. Because when you're wearing many hats, you're controlled by the have-dos. You're allowing yourself to be controlled by those have-dos. But when you're wearing one hat, you're actually being resilient and self-responsible to prioritize yourself and that self-responsibility, which makes you significantly better for all of those that you want to be there for. And that's a key word, want to be there for, not have to be there for. <laughs> now, I want to backtrack again, because got there's so many bits, you things you've said. I'm like, well, I want to say something about, I want to say something about that. You, you, I, on that point, of course, when you are just wearing one hat, then you are much more likely to be seen because you were not feeling seen. And I mean, I relate to that because I wasn't seen. I didn't think I was seen. You know, people saw the professional side, people saw the speaker on stage, people saw, you know, the, the, the stressed out mother of three, you know, pe people saw the, the business leader and, and career woman. But I didn't think anybody saw the vulnerability inside the person that was actually just crying inside because she just wanted somebody to look after her. Nobody saw that. Right. So there is an element of us needing to expose our vulnerability and allowing ourselves to be seen, lifting off the mask. What do you want to say about that? Oh. It's one of the hardest things that anyone can do to feel vulnerable. But it's one of the most emancipating things to do, to allow ourselves to be who we want to be. And just because we decide that we're gonna allow ourselves to be who we want to be, doesn't necessarily have to mean that we're vulnerable. Vulnerable can be our own perception. The, our true strength, in my opinion, based on my own experience and the experience of many of my clients, strength comes from allowing yourself to be who you want to be. And honestly, if, if that's being vulnerable, then I say, go for it. Because when you're vulnerable, you're really sharing what you believe and other people will much more easily be able to believe in what you believe and who you are because you're showing your truth. If you allow yourself to be vulnerable and show your truth, then there are no masks hiding the things that are important about you. You're sharing what's important about you and that's okay. Um, it's, it's interesting if I go back and reflect on my troubled years, 
I used to talk to the people who were closest to me in my life. And in theory, I was showing my vulnerability because I would repeat the same tragic story over and over again, no matter who we spoke to. Like I probably could have recorded it and just played it back because it was the same words all the time. And people might you know, think about that as being vulnerable. But here's what's important about that. When I allowed myself to theoretically be vulnerable and show my truth, those facts that I could have recorded, that story that I told over and over again, it didn't matter anymore. And the reason why is because the more I told that story, the more my heart was begging for help for someone else to fix it. But when I started to show my truth and looked inward for that secret identity, I realized that I was the only one that could help me with that problem. It was up to me to be self-responsible and find my own solutions. And the truth is, we all have those solutions deep down inside. We all know, as I'm sure you will agree with, that we know what to do. But some of us just have the need for accountability and support to be able to find that. But once you do, that's the part that you didn't know you didn't know. And when you know it, it. you can say. <laughs> So yeah, it's what I'm hearing you say uh, are things like, um, obviously, until you, also, this, so perhaps it's not vulnerability, maybe it's acceptance, acceptance of who you are, and, and not being afraid to truly show that. And then, of course, we go on to the law of attraction things, if therefore the energy that you give out is the energy that you receive back. And so sometimes when we accept to be who we are, some people are fearful of change because... They're worried that if they do change or they truly accept who they are, then of course their circumstances may change around them, including the people, the abundance, mm -hmm. the health, you know, what, the, what they create around them. And so that can be a stepping stone or a barrier or block in itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um... Again, I go back to my own experiences and the things that I've heard my clients say about that stuck space, if you will. And um, it's really about not knowing. It's like you think, you believe that you have all the information and something's just not right. And until you allow yourself to just look at one little thing slightly different because it's that one little change that can become a, a domino effect and be a great positive spread into all the different areas of your life. And that's so important because when we think about those many hats, each one of those hats can really represent a different area of our life, whether it's work, whether it's family, whether it's social, whether it's our relationships. You know, there's so many different areas that those hats fall into. And sometimes there's just so many different hats, it's overwhelming. And typically, how do we deal with overwhelm, right? That gets back to building the resilience and not allowing yourself to be overwhelmed by the facts. And of course, and so, in that state of overwhelm, it's a little bit it goes back to what you were saying about the, the decision-making process, that we are self-responsible and can make decisions really deep down inside we know. But when we are overwhelmed with the to-do list, for example, on which we are the bottom, and you want to put them on the top, as do I. I know I, what we do is so aligned. But when, but when we are in overwhelm, we just want someone else to fix it. 
it's like, fix me. I'm tell, giving you the problem, fix me, tell me what to do. I don't know what to do. I want, you, want, you want someone to do it for you. Whereas as you raise your level of consciousness, you're able to do it and more than willing to do it yourself. And the reality is if you do it yourself and you make the decisions yourself and you take the actions yourself, you're going to be so much more resilient and make so much more sustainable change. Yeah, so here's a, here's a great question for our listeners. If anybody is feeling any of these things that we're talking about, if we told them that if they wait for someone to fix that stuck spot, it would take way longer than it will take if they allow themselves to look inward and fix it themselves what might be the choice that they'd like to make? Would so, you prefer to fix it yourself or wait for somebody that may never come to help you fix it? So this brings us beautifully onto your ROI. You wanna tell us about your ROI, which traditionally stands for return on investment, but you have reinvented the term. Yeah, thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, I am very active in networking with a lot of professionals and it really frustrated me that so many of the people that I would meet and speak with would say that they're, they're just not getting their return on investment in these networking events. And that's kind of where it started because as I looked more into that, I started asking questions and I realized in order to get a return on investment when you're networking and networking in a social environment could actually be referred to as schmoozing, um, if you're familiar with that term. Um, but we're networking no matter what environment we're in, whether we're with our family, whether we're on social media, whether we're in a business environment, whether we're with friends, it's all the same thing because it's all about building relationships. And so I realized that people were finding most important how to increase their ROI. So what I do when I work with people is I work on relationships, opportunities, and identity because that ROI is going to be the ROI that's going to increase your return on investment that you strive for in all areas of your life. It's not going to just be in one area. And so that's the way I've worked with my clients and the success that they've had has been incredible. Um, I can honestly share with you that some of these people have been local and I get to see the transformation in who they've become. Now they're the same person. They even work for the same company. They know the same people, but they've discovered that secret identity. They choose who they want to be and they don't have to work on changing everything around them or everyone around them because the simple task of just being who they want to be changes everything. And it's interesting because I've, I've heard some people express concern about, well, if I'm who I want to be, then what if others don't like me? Right? Well, here's an interesting thing that I discovered. When you are your true self, all the people in your life and the people that you meet like you even more because they're connecting. They may have connected with parts of you, but now that you're being who you truly want to be, they get to connect with all of you. And that's, that's priceless. There's no return on investment greater than that. So, Len, you, 
with your story, obviously, like you said, you know, you, you, you got into kind of the wellness industry and people were saying to you, well, why on earth aren't you a health coach? And then you decided to get certified because your whole life you had spent helping people, really emptying the tank at that point because there wasn't enough self-responsibility so which is often what we do we, we, we resonate in this state of service where we look after people give 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 and without taking responsibility for ourselves and then you kind of woke up as it were but you also you were talking about these weird ailments and things in your body that were going undiagnosed. So I'd like to know a bit more about that because I think a lot of people can relate because sometimes we just feel physically out of sorts, even though there's nothing actually wrong with us. I think that could be very relevant. And again, obviously I, you, you and I, I know we have very similar stories there. So I'd love to know a bit more about that. And also how long it took you to wear just one hat? That's a priceless question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can honestly say um, I spent probably three quarters of my life stuck in toxicity. And so it wasn't until maybe a decade ago that the efforts that I was making really came to fruition. But just when you get to that point where you're saying to yourself, okay, I'm going to wear this one hat, it's still an ongoing process. And the reason why it's still an ongoing process is because I believe we always have to continue to learn. And as the facts change around us, our lives change. Let's face it. We've all experienced a change we didn't expect on a global scale. We've all had to adapt, right? Well, some of us may not have taken that as an opportunity. Some of us may have taken it as an opportunity. I always get up every day knowing that there's something else I can learn to help me grow. But more importantly to your question, and I appreciate it, I really do. I would love to share with you that it was about two years ago, over this last decade, that I was actually having a conversation with uh, another coach, actually. And I don't recall what the conversation was about, but I was sitting in my office, there was no one home, and I said to this person, Oh, well, for the first time in my life, I really love myself. And I went, I said that. Oh, my God. And I said this to her. Oh, my God. I said that out loud. I have never in my life said that. So even though I took on wearing that one hat and being self-responsible maybe a decade ago, it still was an evolution of becoming more and more the person that I want to be. Because with every little step that I took and every little bit that I brought into my life, I became more and more the true me that I want to be. And I think that was really the final major step so I would say at that point, after hearing myself say that, um, everything became, uh, I was no longer on a search for another piece. Now I was just cultivating all the things that I had embraced in myself. And so my children have noticed it. My friends have noticed it. My colleagues have noticed it. And all the new people that I meet notice it. Honestly, I think that's how you and I got together because we both met randomly in a Zoom room, right? And we each 
shared each other's light mm -hmm. and we wanted to connect with that. And that's really a beautiful example of how you attract people who believe what you believe. Yeah, and, and you resonate at the same level. So it, like you, you know, I'm in a state of just being, just being, surrendering, but at the same time open and in a, in a state of flow, which is a state of peace and joy, which means there can be disasters going on. You know, we're, we're not gonna say we don't have sad days and happy days. We're not gonna say, you know, we, we, we you know, burn the kitchen down and can't reach the, the, the uh, you know, the, um, the smoke alarm and then you know you've got chaos going on around you but you just it doesn't bother you it doesn't mean you finish the day and think oh this was the most horrific day i ever had you know, the, the same with work at stress because you know, stress at work because you are just you're at a, a point of allowing a point of high energy a point of peace yeah and it makes it makes a big difference because um, you know, and it's interesting just hearing what you just said about the highs and lows. Yes, it's not perfect. There is no such thing as perfect. It's just always progress. But it's interesting because I, I noticed um, maybe going back about a year ago that at the end of my day when I was tired from whatever I was doing, I would always focus on what I didn't get to finish in that day and what I had to do the next day. And I found that it was actually affecting my sleep, which ultimately will affect my health. And we'll get back to that in just a moment. Um, but the most important part about that was that I became aware that that was happening. And so I set an alarm that goes off on my, on my smartphone, because my phone's smarter than me, apparently. And it reminds me about a half an hour before I'll typically fall asleep to celebrate what I have accomplished that day. And so now I will stop and think, what have I accomplished? And it doesn't matter how small it is, but what have I accomplished in that day? And so now I'm going into my rest period during the night with positive thoughts rather than negative thoughts. And it's so important that we all realize that when our head is thinking about all of these things, it really can guide the heart. And when I, I say that, I wanna share that our thoughts also dictate the messages that go to the rest of our body. And that's where the health part comes in, Rana, because I went, had emergency room visits, I had overnight stays in the hospital, and I was discharged every single time with them saying, you are the healthiest patient I've seen today. Well, then why, was, why did I go there to begin with? Or why was I sent there to begin with? So it's been a very long road of trying to find my own solutions because many of you listeners, and I'm sure, Ronnie, you've heard this as well, there's that um, saying, stress is the silent killer. Mm -hmm. Well, why is it the silent killer? Because there are so many things happening inside of our body when we're stressed that don't necessarily give us a sign that says, this is really important, pay attention to it right now. We wait until we get that signal. What is important to recognize is that when we get that red flag signal that says, you gotta deal with this now or there's a big problem, that's way after the problems developed. But if we address it ahead of time, we can change that. And so I won't say, I will say I'm in very good health. I won't say I'm in perfect health because every day I'm battling with things that have developed that once they develop, there are certain things you can't undo. You can only stop the progression.
And that's why it's so important for us to be able to recognize those symptoms, those silent symptoms as early as possible. And people may be saying, well, how do you recognize something that's not talking to you? Well, I'm curious when you're feeling effects of facts that you don't like, when you're feeling the insecurities of whether or not you're going to be able to deal with something, when you're dealing with these strong emotions, might that be a signal that you're sending negative messages to your body and something could be happening that you're unaware of? That might be the time to say, what can I do to build my resilience? Because that's going to help put up the stop sign inside to those stress signals. Absolutely. And it comes about, about, the, about taking the power, about lifting yourself back up and giving yourself the choice and the, and the response. My entire thesis, Lynn, I didn't share this with you before, but my whole thesis when I did my postgrad studies was on the effect of stress and response to treatment, but also obviously the cause of, of chronic illness. So, you know, it, and people, my patients would sit there and say, really? Why are you asking me about stress? Does that really have something to do with why I'm here? I'm like, oh, yeah, they have no idea about the biological effects. And it's important what you said there, that stress is not just, people sometimes think of stress as being that, oh, oh, I've got so much on, I'm so busy, oh, I can't do it. And it's not just that, it's stress, stress, it can be a deep emotional yeah. sense of powerlessness um, or of feeling grief or a feeling that you can't do anything mm -hmm. about it, of things not being, within your control and of course we've already talked about the stresses not necessarily being able to control the stresses if you have a bereavement if there are a set of rules that you can't do anything about but you can control how you you feel about it and how you respond to it and there's one more point i want to make and then i want to get onto your program of how you help people because i know we're running out of time but something that a couple of things actually that because i know what you and i do is so similar yes yeah, so what i do with my clients is i get them to to uh, once they get to a certain level is do a, a wins and gratitude journal ju again just before they go to bed so just like you and and they can find it difficult when they're feeling really unhappy they can really think oh, what have I got to be grateful for or you know what have I achieved today I haven't achieved anything and like you say it could be the tiniest thing it could be the fact that they had a healthy meal it could be the fact that they had a meaningful conversation it could be anything but absolutely do it before you go to bed and the same with gratitude and the other thing about the self, uh, giving people, I think, a really great exercise to do is, again, I do this in my workshops, so I'm sure you do a similar thing, is you list, list certain people in different aspects of your life. So it might be your work colleague or your spouse or your children or your friends and describe the characteristics of how they would describe you, how they see you. And what you, what you ultimately want to see is you as you identify and you are the identity coach is that those words should all say the same thing but they so often don't so that's when they know go to lynn <laughs> she will help you because it is the key factor in what what happens around the rest of your life so tell us a bit about your your program where you help professionals with this kind of thing because we've talked about taking away the have to and making yourself number one on the to-do list. So what, what, tell us about your program. So for, for those people who um, don't seriously struggle with doing something for themselves or don't believe that they're struggling, um, I take them right into my Level It Up With Lynn program. And if they are struggling with even getting to that point and they're not ready for it, I start them with the Me Monday method and we can get back to that. Um, but my Level It Up Lynn program is primarily what I work with with most of the clients as a start. And there's three steps and a formula. So the first step is creating your story. And when I say that, 
I typically will ask everyone, okay, so how many of you saw a little mini movie go across your forehead and you say, okay, that's my story, I have it. So I challenge that story because many of us typically will have the most negative things in our lives define us. So the goal of working on the story is to discover the things that are most important for you to, that you want people to know about you because that's who you want to be. So typically we work on that for half the program because that's the part that most people have problems with. And I say, what I'm going to ask you to do here is not think about your story. I'm going to ask you to write it, but don't write a book. Don't write a page, just a paragraph and then go back and reread it because it's amazing what happens when we define our life and then look back at it and suddenly, okay, wait, no, that's wrong. That's not going to work. How do I know this? I'm the queen of having to go back and rewrite it several times. And my clients have found the same thing. And so once we get to a point, and let me just bookmark here for a second and say that the story is always evolving. So it's always got something that you have to periodically go back and revisit because as we age, as we grow, as life evolves around us, our story can evolve with it. Doesn't necessarily change because we are who we are, but it will evolve with it. So what we want people to know may be slightly different. And then it's about getting using that story to determine what we believe and why we believe it. Because that's the part that we now want to convey to those people we're building relationships with, right? And then once we've established our story and we're confident in what we believe and why we believe it, that helps us discover the secret identity because it's all connected. And so with those three steps, when we get to the end of our work together, we're now working on how we can translate all of that information into just a simple introduction, no matter who we're talking to. That's the most important, the most important thing. And so um, I think that it, when I get to the end of the program, there are some clients who don't, um, they don't necessarily have that full sense of that secret identity. They still may have pieces that they want to work on. And that's where we expand into their healthy lifestyle, because that's where their eating lifestyle, their exercise lifestyle, their health can now be somewhat slightly adjusted based on their newfound inward look at themselves and what they want for themselves. And that's where the health and life kind of comes together as a whole person. During the course of the program, we are looking at all the different um, all the different uh, environments of, of their lives. We are looking at their personal characteristic strengths, what they view them as, and then what they might actually be. So we'll work with an assessment to help them with that. Because not everybody will do an assessment and not be surprised at what may come up. And that helps to draw out that secret identity. Amazing. And then, of course, we've worked backwards here because we started off with the identifying the relevance and how important that is in all aspects of your life and your health and your relationships, your ROI, <laughs> why, why it's so important. And then obviously that's how you help them do it. We've got about three minutes. Tell me, uh, tell me a bit more about the Me Monday. Obviously, you said it's trademarked. Yes, it's officially registered trademark. Um, Me Monday 
is a day that I've put on the calendar for everyone to specifically plan something special for themselves. It's on the calendar like any other day, of the, any other holiday that's on your calendar, no matter what calendar you follow. And as long as you follow the days of the week, Monday is your day. So even if it's just five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and eventually that will grow and become more minutes. But I trademarked it because people weren't taking me seriously. So I put my money where my mouth is and said, I did this for you. And to expand on that, for the last, I'm going to say, it's over a year and a half now, I have been writing a weekly article with inspiration and motivational tips revolving around everyday stressors, everyday facts, everyday things that we deal with. And I, you know, I'm happy to say that there are people who have really redefined what Monday means to them. Where can we find those articles, Lynn? Well, actually, um, as of last week, people were asking me for an online presence. It's now there. So uh, itsy.com is launched. That's I-T-Z-W-H-Y. And there's a Z because if you change one little thing, it can make a big difference. And there's a place where they can uh, either sign up for a discovery session or you can sign up for your weekly Me Monday article. And I will send it directly to you along with a calendar for the month that highlights Monday so that you can plan ahead and schedule something special for yourself. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and we should say, yes, yeah, so the it's why, it's I-T-Z as opposed to I-T-S, but it's why, is in it is the reason why you became a coach. And the Z yes. is, I know you said it was partly about your, your name as well, but the Z is like you said, if you just change one thing, that's what what roller coasters into everything else. So I love it. So it's it's itzywhy.com. And that's how you can connect with Lynn. And um, you can also email her if you want to get hold of her directly. And you can you can there's a contact on the website anyway, but if you want to email her, it's my ROI M-Y-R-O-I at it's why itzwhy.com and she has so generously said that you know to give you so much value like you said you can sign up for the me mondays get the calendar but also her special gift is that you can book a discovery session a whole this isn't just a 10 minute job but a whole 60 minute discovery session with her to help her really delve deep with you and see how she can help get you onto the number one of the priority list of your to-do list uh, and stop stop the have to and become one to which is why we just it's why we're so aligned Lynn anything else you want to say yes Rana, one minute I want I want to just mention one thing here okay if they want to take advantage of that 60 minute discovery session mm-hmm. have them email me direct and mention your name because if they go through the website, the website is for 30-minute discovery session. Okay. I'm doing 60 minutes, especially for your listeners. Oh, that's very kind of you, Linya. Yeah. And you can really go deep in 60 minutes. So email Lynn at the myroi at itsy.com uh, and mention my name, mention Rena, Rena Althalaki or Be Free, Be Fun, Be Fearless podcast. Uh, or, or Light Changes Coaching, whichever one you happen to catch from the video or the podcast, just mention something to Lynn uh, and she will very kindly extend that to 60 minutes for you as a special guest, special gift. Lynn, you've been an amazing guest. I know you and I could keep talking for hours and hours as of course we have offline, but we have run out of time. So thank you so much, my darling, for your time today, your, you. wisdom, your inspiration, your wisdom, your story. Uh, and your uh, your true, true desire and passion to help people. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So that's all we have time for. Please feel free to hit the subscribe button in order to be notified for when we have our next episode. Uh, and we will uh, keep you updated uh, with more of these enlightening and inspiring interviews. So I am Dr. Ranel Palaki, but for now, Be free, be fun, be fearless. Bye-bye.